This is the Wildly Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Luke. And I'm Holly. We invite guests on this podcast to explore themes of Wildly Wellbeing. And by listening today, you're joining the conversation. Today's episode, we have an international guest. I think this might be our first international one of the season. International. Oh, yeah. We're delighted to bring you a conversation with Amit, who has had a busy 2021 with a startup um, that we're really excited to be part of. So without any further delay, let's crack on with the conversation. Let's go. Okay, so um, good afternoon, Amit and Luke. Afternoon. Hello, hello. Hello. I don't think I've ever said afternoon to you as well, Luke. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> it's like, it did really throw me because I was like, does she want me to say something? That, what have I forgotten what I'm supposed to do? I've basically taken over this podcast and it's now just the Holly show. I mean, we're all Luke is just a guest now. every time. <laughs> yeah, I'm always just uh, in the passenger seat. Yeah, so uh, excited again to have someone from across the waters um, who has promised that he won't... Uh, tried to do too much of my British accent. But, you know, we might enjoy a bit of that. Um, Amit, would you please like to introduce yourself uh, to the Worldly Wellbeing listeners and tell us a little bit about who you are and any, you know, exciting facts? Yes. Well, hello. Thank you guys for having me on the podcast, the Worldly Wellbeing podcast. Super awesome to be talking to people from London. Um, it's still crazy. It's still just amazing to me that technology is allowing us to do this right now. It's just an amazing time to be alive. Uh, my name is Amit. I am a CEO and founder of a company called Audia, stands for Audio Idea. And our big picture goal, the reason why I connected with Holly and Luke as well, is we want to become the world's largest search engine for spoken word audio, kind of doing what YouTube has done for video and applying that same level of discovery and uh, recommendation engines and all those types of technical things to audio to hopefully get creators more discovered. So I reached out to you guys about a couple months ago, you hopped on the platform and we're growing and you know, there's a lot of cool stuff coming up in the future. So hopefully we can dig into it and uh, see what we can do about it. Mm. And so it see, it might seem to like the average listener that it's a bit of a kind of niche area that it's yeah. a bit like specific um and obviously a space that that is is uh, needs that input but how did you kind of what's your background and how did you find yourself developing this new platform and and you mentioned being you know you're a, before we get dived on the call you mentioned being a startup and all the kind of ups and downs of that so like how did you begin your startup journey and why specifically this so in high school, I did competitive debate no matter how nerdy that sounds to people uh basically I got to go to tournaments and like like say words and try to beat people up intellectually with my words and get a judge in the back of the room to vote for me. I only did this because I tried to do that with my physical talent with basketball and that failed. I was not getting taller than five, seven. So I was like, okay, this is not going to work. So I tried to do it intellectually instead. Um, By the end of my senior year, I ended up getting good at debate. I was one of the top three public speakers in Europe, one of the top seven debaters in the United States. I was on the national USA debate team. So we got to like travel across the world and debate Pakistan and Bangladesh and China and Germany and all these other countries. So it was a really cool experience. Um, So I always had a knack for spoken word communication and content and being able to say words, put them together and deliver a message. Um, By the end of college, which was 2020 for me, undergrad, um, I I didn't really kind of want to get a typical job. I really just wanted to like create ideas and like put them out into the world and see how people react to those ideas. I always wanted to do that through music because music was my first love, but slowly by slowly I realized I couldn't sing. So like I could not communicate the ideas that that kept me up at night that I needed to get out to the world 
via song because I, I sounded horrible. I sounded like a cat that was dying. Like I just, I did not sound good as a singer. So that's when it kind of hit me. It was like, well, what if there was a platform where like a speaker could be a rock star? Right. What if there was a platform where like Spotify exists for hip hop and, 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 and R&B and country and pop music? What if like all different types of speakers, motivational podcasts, poets, comedians, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, had that Spotify type of platform where they were branded as those superstars that ultimately give Spotify the value that it has? Obviously, music is a fundamentally different art form, and there's a lot of different technical things to that. But that was the initial idea. It's like, if that platform could exist, that would be cool. And then I started looking into it, and I was like, well, Spotify offers podcasting, and Apple offers podcasting, so it does this kind of already exist. And as I really started talking to the target demographic, which are podcasters like you, myself, and hundreds of others, I realized there is a huge gap in the market space when it comes to discovery which is that when you upload a podcast, it goes into an RSS feed. For the listeners who don't understand what that is, an RSS feed is a decentralized feed of your audio. Every platform on the planet connects to that RSS feed and they source your audio onto their servers, which may be Spotify and Apple. What that doesn't do is that doesn't allow them to effectively recommend that content to users at scale. So you think about like TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, you post a tweet, you post a video, you you post a short clip and it goes into the system and then the system algorithmically curates that content and puts it in front of people in the best way. That type of system doesn't really exist for audio. So like this open source centralized platform where anyone could post things and keywords and search could determine the ability to get discovered. I saw as a market that's not only going to help podcasters, it's going to help TED talkers and all these other types of people that have ideas they want to express through spoken word. So if we could be the go-to platform where people get discovered in, in, in that area, then I think it has the potential to be big. I mean, the, the times I've moaned to Luke, oh my gosh, I feel like when we have a podcast, I feel like I'm sort of catapulting it mm-hmm. into space. And the first, like, you know, the first batch of people it goes past, they're loving, you know, the motion, they're loving it. And then you're like, where the flip has it gone? Mm-hmm. So I was, well, I'll be honest. I mean, initially, when I first got your email, I was like, oh my gosh. Who is this? Am I being scammed? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do they want my credit card details? (laughs) Um, And then I did some stalking, as one does. As you should. Yeah, I I always do that. And I was like, actually, does not seem too suspicious. Um, Mm. And a little bit more research, figured out you are real and this is great. Um, So I was really grateful that you reached out to us because uh, as newbies in the podcasting field, this seemed we'd already locked onto the fact that this is really needed. Yeah. Um, so that is great. Before we talk any more about the platform, I just wanted to point out to everyone listening, I'm feeling a little bit nervous at this stage because typically Luke is the super articulate one. But not only do I have super articulate Luke, I also have verbal boxing um, <laughs> champion. Um, I, you know, I've never heard someone describe public speaking today as verbal boxing. I feel like that makes it sound way cooler, way cooler. But I just want to come back to that as well, because I, growing up in the UK, we were fed a, a steady drip diet of like American TV. You know, it's what was on our TVs as kids. Um and, you know, the things like debate team and stuff like that, we just never had, I mean, not in my school. I, it's yeah. not like a thing that just exi- like uh, really exists in the UK. And you'd always watch it and go, what is this? Like, what are they doing? Um, because it it's, just really, it's really niche, but there's a huge global mm. community about it. In fact, London in the 2016 World Championships, London won 
on a 6-3 decision the final round. And you probably didn't even know that, right? But it's, it's exactly. so niche, but it's so big. It's like, it's weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that does speak to like this kind of um, the uh, the power of the spoken word. And like Holly and I come at it from different perspectives and, and different, like, very similar backgrounds with very different um, kind of approaches to it now. But the power of of spoken word, whether it's through kind of poetry and art in that sense, or yeah. in kind of contemporary context of the podcast and conveying ideas, connecting people around key themes and key conversations is, is so powerful and can be so transformative. Um, and I think what's exciting about what you're doing is tapping into that and hopefully making it easier for people to engage with that. Yeah, I mean, that's the idea. It's like technology has not caught up to the audio revolution, in my opinion. And that's because over the past 10, 15 years, we've had a way of distribution that I think has been antithetical towards discovery. And it, it's just, it's kind of just been how it is, but things have to evolve at one point. And, you know, Spotify and Apple in particular, I think it's very important for listeners to understand because someone who's listening to this still might be confused. They're like, well, Spotify's doing this. Apple's doing this. They have all the audio. Why are you so special? Why are you needed? It's really important to understand those two platforms have made it very clear they are going down a route that is more Netflix of podcast versus YouTube of audio. And what I mean by that is Spotify has over 700 exclusive podcasts on their platform and almost 100 million, ex not exclusive, but premium songs on the platform. There is one home feed on your iPhone or your Android device, right? So the content that people are going to discover, it only happens if it shows up on your feed. Either you, Luke and Holly, drive traffic uh, to, to the content, which is incredibly difficult because you have to do a lot of marketing, or it organically pops up. And when Spotify and Apple that have partnerships with Marvel and Wall Street Journal and Gimlet Media and Joe Rogan and Call Her Daddy have all this premium content they've paid upwards of hundreds of millions of dollars for, plus the record labels need their royalty stream. So when Justin Bieber puts out a new song, if that's not on the home feed, that record label is going to chop the head off of Spotify. There is just no space on those existing platforms for average audio content, which is you and me, which is the random guy from, from London talking about weight loss, and he has a small weight loss podcast to show up on the home feed. On YouTube, they have no bias, right? Because it is a keyword algorithmically search-driven platform. If you search for weight loss, that person can pop up even if they have 30 views, and it happens every day when I find new content on that platform. So if that existed for audio discovery, that I think fundamentally differentiates us from Spotify and Apple. And going back to your point, Luke, it brings spoken word rock stars into the mainstream. Because I think if you've got an amazing TED Talk idea, right, like a seven minute idea, it's killer. It, it can get 20 million listens and change the trajectory of your professional life. If you don't get invited to the TED Talk stage, which is incredibly exclusive to get there, right? Like, and the, the tickets cost $50,000 to show up to that conference, then you're never gonna be able to express that idea, right? Where are you gonna post that idea? How is that idea going to become magnetic and attract the attention that you need? If there is a platform that is built for those ideas, serving those ideas at scale on the side of the creator, then I think that platform can really benefit a lot of people and usher spoken word rock stars, podcasters, or poets into, into a new light. Mm. I am really loving this expression of spoken word rock star. Um, I feel like it's slightly going to my head right now. I'm just trying to you know, keep calm. Your email signature is going to have Holly Streeter's spoken word rock star in it now. <laughs> Verbal boxing spoken word rock star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what I also think is really important um, that the, I guess the platform is doing is bringing, the bringing a level playing field. Yes, Which, it is attempting to do that. Yes, 
Yeah, which, you know, actually, the, I mean, there's a lot of people out, out there in the world, and there's a lot of people with great ideas and great audio, and there's a lot of people with, you know, complete crap. That could have been us at one point. I, I like to think people don't think that now. <laughs> um, but it that doesn't mean that people shouldn't have a chance to be heard. Um, and now it's actually sounding quite deep, but I guess, well, actually, we all deserve a, a, the chance to be heard, mm. um, whether or not we're liked or whatever. Um, so I think that's a really, yeah, I, I think that's a really important aspect of what's happening there. Well, I think I think the market decides, right? And this is why I love TikTok. I, I know there's a lot of criticism about that platform, but what TikTok has done is phenomenal. I mean, they give anyone an opportunity to get 100 views on your first video. Now, it's up to the people to give you the next 100 views, and it's up mm. to you making your content better, and that's just a creative thing. And some people are not creative enough, and they're never going to get there. That's totally fine. But to at least have an opportunity to get that access, mm. that company deserves to be a multi-billion dollar company because you're doing the one thing creators care about more than money which is attention, because attention will eventually equal opportunity, opportunity equals money. So yeah, some spoken word ideas are horrible, they're crap, they're not meaningful, but at least for them showing up on the feed and then someone giving it a chance and then validating through the amount of time they spend listening or through the comments or the engagement that it's crap, that should be the tr the, 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 arbor the, the basis for determining that, not you know a, a platform that says we have an exclusive thing we paid $100 million for so you don't get any, any airspace. Yeah, and I think it's that. And also for me, we're living in an age of um, kind of, um, uh, of confirmation bias. So we always go to the things that we know that we like. So we always, you know, I know I like this, so I'm going to go to this. Um, and therefore, we also then have algorithms that know what we like and therefore will only ever serve us what we like. Uh, we we'll, we only ever read the same news, you know, uh, from the, all of these things. Social media is geared to, by and large, is geared towards giving us stuff that they think we are going to like based on previous behavior. And we do that in decision-making and, and opinions on so many other things. So if we can start leveling that playing field and start, you know, beating algorithmic behavior and beating censorship as well and stopping, you know, you know, we, we know that there are views out there that are not nice, that, that are hostile, that are aggressive. Uh, but when we start going down a, a censorship path where we start, uh, where we start leaning into an algorithm that enables us to hide away from views that that we don't know or like, then what happens is we don't develop the schools, the skills, and 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 techniques that we need to robustly defend our own position. So we kind of yeah. sit in this nice little echo chamber where everyone's agreeing with each other, and actually we have no idea what uh, you know the person three doors down to us is thinking and how to respond to them. Algorithms are an amazing point. I, I think there's two two perspectives. Number one, algorithms are incredibly important because ultimately your time spent on the platform is based upon the content that you consume. And if the algorithm is not uh, curating content that is meaningful to you, you're just going to leave the platform, which means the company is not going to make money and those creators are not going to get discovered. In the mix of that algorithm being as strong as it needs to be, have to be opportunities where discovery happens. So if I'm looking up weight loss content and I'm, you know, I'm going through this content, blah, 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 and I'm trying to get advice, pure advice, what do I eat so I lose weight? And then a video pops up or an idea pops up in which uh, this guy is talking about why uh, why, why we need to be more body positive and be okay with, with people being obese. That's a pr pretty controversial idea because obesity in, in many respects equals a, 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 higher chance, a higher chance of death. And that's something we would all reject. 
But nonetheless, that's an idea from someone. And if that idea pops up, it is algorithmically tangentially similar to the thing you're searching about in the category of weight loss, intermittent fasting, all that stuff. But it's a controversial idea that comes up into your feed. And more than often, you're going to click on that because it's interesting to, to, to consume and see what you think. I think that's the best mix, right? That person's view should not be censored. Neither should they be endorsed. They should be curated based upon the things you care about, which leads to ultimate discovery. And if you do that times a thousand at scale, you just get a ton of creators around the world getting their ideas discovered and the best ones eventually win. Maybe that idea is going to rise to the top. Maybe it's not. But I 100% agree that we cannot have an algorithm censor views that we disagree with because then we just become an echo chamber. I mean, at that mm -hmm. point, nothing matters in society. Mm. It kind of reminded me of, um, we did a, a podcast in the last season, or two seasons ago, I can't remember now, with a female journalist who's currently based in Albania. Um, and we went down a bit of a route of talking about uh, the kind of complexities of being a female journalist. And then she was mm -hmm. talking about the censorship on Facebook and how problematic that had been um, for her and the kinds of things that were allowed through, and yet the kinds of things that should be censored for writing, which were not offensive at all, that this reminded me of that. But I'm also was wondering um, what on the platform or dear, what are your, are you going to allow any, any, any idea to be up there? Is, is there any level of kind of censorship or looking over it? Yeah, I mean, so this is a tricky question. I think that the best way I can give you a response without having to skirt from that is yes, we do not want to censor. I am not in the business of censorship. I don't like to play the role of God, even though it's my company. That's that's not attractive to me. However, when we get big, let's say we have you know millions of creators uploading thousands of pieces of content per day. There has to be some content moderation policies. I mean, there is no way as a company we can survive, especially in Europe <laughs> with the regulations that you guys have um, to, to, to deal with some of that stuff. So if someone's uploading a piece of content like, why you should become a Nazi and why Nazism is awesome. I mean, that's stuff that's just not going to fly on any platform. I mean, it, like if Facebook sees that, it's, it's you know, th there has to be some bright line at that point. Now, what is that bright line? I personally don't know. I think once we get bigger, we are going to have a big, big team come together and try to come up with these policies, a lot of legal due diligence. I mean, something co companies spend literally hundreds of millions of dollars for. So we're small right now. We don't really have to worry. We don't censor anything right now. Everything can be uploaded. Um, but in the future, obviously, there have to be some content moderation policies. My, my thing is just like it has to be to the absolute, absolute extreme to really censor it, not, you know, censor a Republican in America who's talking about the history of Nazism. And maybe he says something like that. You get into too much context at that point. And I just, you know, I don't want to be a platform that does that. And so what, what are your hopes then? What, what is your, you know, obviously, you know, you, you've created a company and you're, uh, you're, you're a strappy startup. So, you know, growth, uh, and, uh, and, you know, seeing your, your kind of your dream grow must be a, a, a goal, but what is, what is your hope? What is, what do you, what do you want to see? Why? I mean, I think, you know, what, what I, so in the short term, what I want to see is, uh, me constantly being able to wake up every morning and continuously be excited to go on the journey, which I am, but I'm not going to lie. Some days are tougher than others. I mean, some days you wake up and it's just like, you don't even want to wake up. You just want to keep going to sleep. Cause like, it's not even that you don't, it's not even that you have a lot to do. It's that you, sometimes you don't even know how to do the things that you have to do. And like, you literally, you're alone. I mean, there's no boss here. Like I'm like, I got to just figure it out. Um, and that's complicated, but, but those are challenges that I'd rather face versus, alternative challenges because these challenges are just so much more meaningful. So in the short term, it's continuing the momentum every day, doing podcasts like these, connecting with creators, just like keeping that going. Long term, 
you know, I, I, I genuinely think we can become a company that brands speakers as rock stars. I mean, that is the initial goal because the sort of underlying foundation for ideas, I always wanted to be a rock star in music. And that dream was stepped on by this physical, uh, that by this un by this unphysical talent that I didn't have, which was the voice that I needed to be able to achieve that. So the beauty of debate, the beauty of public speaking, the beauty of spoken word is that you don't need talent. You, you just you just need dedication, hard work, committing to the craft, learning more about how to express ideas. But you literally do not need talent. You need a voice and the ability to structure ideas. I think if we could give more people in the world that have spoken word ideas a platform and access to discovery mechanisms in which they get discovered. I think there's a world in which a spoken word rock star is selling out Madison Square Garden, just like Adele is, or just like, just like, I think that's a real thing, you know, like imagine, you know, releasing a speaking album of 10 different songs that are like my talks and each of those talks, you know, reach 20 million people, just like each of the songs on an Adele album reach a billion people or something. And then you sell out Madison Square Garden for an hour and a half and you're walking back and forth on the stage, giving a keynote, just like a singer. Like that is that ultimate goal that 10 years from now, if that happened, I could, I could die very peacefully. Cause I'm like, wow, we created a platform to facilitate that. Um, and that would be awesome. So like, I guess that's the macro level goal. That's really, please don't die in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> like you've, you've got a lot more to go. <laughs> yeah. But I, but I also think it's interesting. We are, there is a, I sense there's a transition into, um, appreciating the the kind of what goes into spoken word and, and appreciating people who are articulate and appreciating good thought that goes into debate or intellectual conversation or even just you know homespun conversation when you're sat around having a cup of tea and and uh, and talking about life um and i think we've seen that and there's a, kind of been a, a transition from some kind of um some famous celebrities like Russell Brand who kind of honed their craft in comedy and in kind of uh, kind of dalliances with acting, but now are moving into spaces of um, speaking their truth yeah. um, through various different platforms. And then not only now doing the comedy gigs, but also doing the, 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 the kind of almost what you were beginning to articulate there that might not be selling out Madison Square Garden, but right. there is an element of they're, they're not just doing comedy anymore, they're, they're speaking. And, you know, they're, they're a and thought leader in some respects. Yeah, absolutely that. Yeah, that's an articulate way to put it. And I think we're seeing that now. We're on the we're moving into that space where we actually we want to hear what these people have to say. And again, we're not always going to agree with them, uh, but we still want to hear them, and we still want them to have the space to do that. I think in ten years, if a four minute idea is treated almost the same as a four minute song, like a four minute song can reach a billion streams on Spotify. I don't think we're at the point where a four minute idea can reach a billion streams because once you listen to it once, you're not going to listen to it again, but can it reach a hundred million people? I don't think we've had like a four or five minute idea actually reach a hundred million people. Maybe like Steve Jobs graduation speech, maybe like the Martin Luther King speech, maybe some religious tech, but like an average person who says an idea, just like an average singer can go viral on Spotify. I don't think that happens. And I think if idea could be the technology at the center of that, then that could lead to a lot more Russell brands and just, you know, that's better for the world, having more opportunity, more thoughts. Yeah. It's really interesting because when sometimes um, I realise that when I think I'm singing along to a song, I actually don't know half the lyrics. And I mean, I'm an awful singer, so I'm lardy daring anyway. Or you realise actually what I thought the lyrics were weren't that at all. So mm -hmm. it's interesting how we really can, we feel like we connect with a song and we think we're connecting with something with words, but actually the words are just sound mm. whereas i guess you do have to engage more with with any a podcast with a, a ted talk with anything with any spoken word there is a different level of engagement 
But there's also the potential for that to have those words to have actual power rather than just sound. Well, so music is really interesting because music has a transcendental element towards it, which is the actual rhythm, beats, piano, whatever is in the background. So like the lyrics can be absolute horrible, but if the song hits, I mean, it can go to a different stratosphere. Now, the best songs are when the lyrics hit the song at the right moment. A sad song has a sad piano melody and sad lyrics, and it comes together. And I think that can be absolutely transformational. Um, but speakers, people like you and me, I mean, we, we don't have that luxury. We have to constantly say stuff in a meaningful way every second of the auditory experience that a listener is engaging in, in order to keep their attention, because we don't have a, a good drum sample in the back. So yeah, I mean, I like engaging with spoken word requires a level of more commitment and attention. Um, but it also, the upside of it is, is, is really big. I mean, you listen to a motivational talk that can change the trajectory of your life, whereas some motivational songs, maybe it was just a good rhythm and that's why you enjoyed it. So yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And I'm kind of wondering, um, because I think, you, well, I know you both have more um, experience in the world of speaking i just talk a lot but you know most of it is drivel what, is drivel? what does drivel mean oh that's a real that's a real britishism oh is it i mean drivel is just kind of meaningless nonsense drivel drivel like it just yeah it kind of like implies like it just keeps going on and on like it's just constant <laughs> yeah which you know is the voice in my head as well as my own voice sometimes um <laughs> But you, you, you self-deprecate yourself a lot, Holly. I feel like, you know, like, I feel like that's like a way for you to be funny. And it works. It is funny. I think you should do a comedy set one day and just self-deprecate yourself the whole set and see what happens. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I might do that. There we go. Listen out for Holly on the comedy stage. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so what I was wondering, I might also have my thoughts on this, is um, for a, a piece of spoken word to be uh, powerful or impactful or, you know, just good, what is the percentage of the actual words used, mm. the person, the, the personality, the character, because I think that comes across in someone, as well as the way in which they use their tone and the kind of the, the vocality? Um, am I right into categorizing like this? Like, what, what do yeah, you guys I think? Mean, that's good. Uh, I think... I think personality is, is 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 if we're ranking it. I think personality is first um, because that, like if you're if you're saying nonsense, but like you're saying nonsense and you have a lot of energy immediately, like you get someone's attention even if you're not saying anything important. So I think energy is super super big, and and having that energy immediately captivates people in the beginning. Uh, number two, I would say are the words. Um, and the actual stuff you say. Now, tonality and vocality and, and all the other inflections of your voice, things like that, I would rank it at the bottom. But that stuff influences the words that you say in order for those words to be meaningful. So like, if you're trying you know, to motivate someone and you're trying to say things in a way that captures their attention to get them to change how they're perceiving their life, um, taking you know, pauses in between saying something or getting higher on one word and getting lower on one syllable, all of that has like a dynamic effect, just like a drum beat or a piano sound. I mean, you're using your voice literally as an instrument at that point, but I think the words you say have to be captivating. Otherwise, you know, if it's BS, it's BS. I mean, there are some comedians that, that I've seen talking on comedy on Netflix and it's just like, they have all the theatrics and animation, but they're, they're not funny. They're not saying like the punchline is not punching. Um, so I think words ultimately matter. Personality is super important. Uh, but you've got to put together an idea. And, and that's the hard part. That's what debate taught me. It's like, how do I put together an idea that makes sense? And that's, you know, I did debate for seven, eight years and every month we had a new topic and we just had to put together ideas in a short amount of time 
in a way that made sense. And we literally knew if it made sense or if it didn't make sense because we had a judge at the back of the room who either voted for us or didn't vote for us. And a lot of times it wasn't because, you know, you were energetic. It was because I don't understand that argument. And I think the best podcasters, the best communicators are people that can structure arguments in a meaningful way and then deliver them with succinct delivery. But the structuring of the argument is is akin to structuring lyrics of a song to make sense. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Just changing track slightly um, and thinking about kind of like we've mentioned interconnectivity and we've mentioned like the power of technology, like being able to, to do this. Um, have you given any thought to kind of, you know, we live in a globalized landscape. What does it look like to communicate in different languages or to, you know, yeah, well, I guess primarily in, in different languages in this context. And, and what would it look like for your platform um, to be able to, 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 to be the central point of those as well? I I think it's kind of very similar to what YouTube does, right? So like YouTube has YouTube Canada, YouTube London, YouTube India, YouTube Brazil. And a lot of the content that's uploaded to that platform is native to the population that's going to consume it. Um, Primarily because, you know, YouTube's getting 500 hours of video uploaded per minute. So they have like 725,000 new videos a a day. So it's a lot of stuff to filter through. So if they started showing me Brazilian videos, I just, and I click on it. Sometimes I watch it because I'm weird. and I just watch these people talk in a different language because it's like, it's interesting to me to just see these people communicating in the same way. Uh, but, but I don't understand it. Right. So I'm not getting any value of that content. So I think, you know, being able to filter through the content and having audio become so global that someone from India is accessing audio, but they're accessing Indian audio content with the occasional mix of all these other different perspectives, as, as long as we can tell they're able to understand it. Um, I ultimately think that's beneficial, but it's exciting to me because I think the larger philosophy of your question is like, where is speaking going as a globalized medium? Because we've had music as a globalized medium for so long and it's been so transformational and it's not going anywhere because music to me is like the most powerful thing on, in, in the universe. So if speaking can even get a percentage of that power on a globalized scale, then there's just a lot of people outside of religious speakers, which I think are the biggest right now in the world, just in terms of the impact of their message and the general motivational speakers uh, Mm -hmm. outside of those two categories. There's just so many other perspectives that can actually enter the mainstream. And like, it's exciting to see what technology does to accelerate um, the discovery of their voices. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the interesting thing about language as well is it, 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 you know, there, when you study a language, you learn that actually it's not just about the words that you're saying, it's about the meaning behind the words too. And actually, you know, we've just, we use, we explained what a, a British phrase was earlier, but there are so many of those in different languages. And so communication is also about and conveying concepts and ideas. Yeah. It's also about the words that are used and kind of the cultural significance behind them. Yeah. And I think when we come from a particularly English worldview or an English speaking worldview, we lose sight of the fact that actually, you know, language is, is powerful in locality because it's conveying ideas beyond what the words themselves mean. Right. Um, and I think as in- native English speakers, we need a bit more of that awareness um, because we we tend to just see everything through a very kind of Anglo-centric worldview right? and, and how we use language, but actually, you know, how the Japanese use language um, or how parts of Southeastern Europe use language is very, very different to how we use language. And that conveys concepts and ideas that we just, it's, it's not part of the way that we speak. Um, right. And I think the more that we can kind of get to grips with that, the more we're open to these different ideas and different ways of, of uh, engaging with one another. Yeah, I agree. I mean, technology is, is going to accelerate a lot of different angles at how we understand language uh, in, in the coming years. And I don't know, I'm excited for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Maybe Audi is at the center of the technology facilitating that. Maybe we're not, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens. 
Let me ask you guys a question. How, how, what challenges have you guys had in terms of marketing a lot of your content? Has there, has there been challenging? Have you guys found some channels that work? Yeah, it is. Um, I, I think first, maybe frustrating is probably one of the, I mean, one of the words I would use because I think what we sometimes find is, or we had this conversation earlier, Luke and I, that um, the quality of your product doesn't, doesn't correlate with the volume of people listening. So that's the most frustrating thing. You know, we're not out here to be like, hey, we're the top podcast. But, you know, we think we have a good product and we think, you know, people enjoy listening, the people who do listen. But actually, it's quite challenging to try and find the spaces in which. And also, you know, we're not like Instagram influencers, so we don't come with that many friends or followers. <laughs> um, I mean, we come like, with some yeah, friends. Like most people. Like most people. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think that's something that has really opened my, kind of opened my eyes to like, wow, there's a lot out there. And But also I realized, oh my gosh, I must be missing out on thousands of really cool or interesting or unusual podcasts like i would love to listen to you know luke and i in a random town and some other you know another country i'd love to listen to like a version of us and see see what they're doing get some ideas but how to find that is a challenge mm-hmm. yeah no and in your story i mean i i was on a zoom call with 700 podcasters from like december 2020 till may april when we launched and it was the same story every time. People were like, I know I've got a good product, but like I'm using Twitter, I'm using Instagram, I'm using Facebook, but those platforms are very saturated. Using YouTube's very saturated. Like I just don't know where to find more people. And it's like, it's crazy because there's 5 billion people online. But then you realize like you've got this good product. The other problem is it's audio. So trying to drive traffic on these visual attention deficit platforms to something audio related is just incredibly difficult if you don't have the level of influence that... Uh, some of these higher podcasters do, which is why, you know, 95% of people quit after 10 episodes because they're like, screw it. Like there's, there's, there's no growth in this. There's no point of doing it. And I think a very a few, few percentage of that is lack of perseverance and creativity. I think a bigger percentage is you're posting and you're not seeing it mm-hmm. uh, enter into an arena in which there's at least a chance for someone to come across. Cause again, if it's on Spotify and Apple, it's just stuck there. Like Spotify is never going to put it in the front of the home feed of someone. So yeah, I mean your 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 problem is really big and it's it's really it's really strong and yeah we got to try to solve this damn problem eventually. Let's do it. Um, and Amit, thank you for um, reaching out to us. Can I you know make a little suggestion that maybe we get a little sticker or some kind of little badge yeah. that says I was one of the first. Were we in the first? What? First well, you, you you guys are verified on the platform. I'm lo- yeah, worldly oh, yeah. well. Yeah, you guys that. have a check mark. Yep. Yeah. So you know, one of the first verified members, so that one so, day when Ordea has taken over the world, we can have a little badge to prove it. Yeah, and so now when we signpost people to say where they can listen to us, uh, we've got an extra string to that bow. Oh my gosh, we're going to have to rethink our entire ending to every podcast, which is going to throw everything because then, <laughs> like. That is a well-rehearsed script. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, one thing is like early creators, we're, we're actually trying to make sure you guys get discovered. I mean, we, we we have a list of the people who signed up in the first couple months and it's like, we're not forgetting no matter what. Um, because, you know, you guys took a chance on us when we were small. So when we get big, we're going to make sure you guys are rewarded for that for sure. Gosh. We'll send you some um, cake from England as a thank you. Okay. As long as there's no <laughs> dribble on it, that's fine. 
um amit thank you so much for your time today and your energy it's been really great to kind of hear your insights and your passion i think has been really conveyed so thank you so that it's been a really enjoyable conversation thank you luke and holly i appreciated it this has been great thank you and um look forward to hearing where audia Mm. gets to okay if anyone wants to sign up audia.io slash register Click on it, check it out, check out the platform. The app is on iOS, A-U-D-E-A. And yeah, I'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys. And we'll make sure that all goes into the show notes as well. Yeah, we'll pop it all in there. All right. Cool. Cool. Thank you so much. I'm going to leave, guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Maybe, first of all, apologies, Amit, for us getting very carried away at the end of that conversation um, (laughs) with certification for... um, worldly well-being i feel like that's a very us thing i think it's quite british but i also think it's a very us thing to like you know enjoy some kind of certificate or authoritative rubber stamping of something it's like legit we want it to be legit exactly i mean you know even if a mitch just has to get onto a microsoft word user certificate template um and chuck our names on it that'll probably do i'm probably quite happy to just do it on Canva ourselves and then just get him to like attach a signature or something. Anyway, not the <laughs> we... point of the conversation. <laughs> um, if any listeners out there um, have any certificates that they would like to uh, send in to us, feel free. Um, if you don't remember how to contact us, we're going to remind you now. We have the shiny new website, worldlywellbeing.org. We do indeed. And we also have our Instagram at Worldly Wellbeing, which we are still very fresh to. We are still growing the followers and trying to learn how to do things. Uh, But we will hopefully have some exciting developments on that next week as well. Yes. So do keep an eye out. Um, Do follow us because we want to look like we have a few more friends which we do um yeah please head on over double tap and follow yeah and i think as we continue to grow it's really encouraging to connect with people like amit and others who are doing really inspiring and uh, i guess like industry shaking like shaking things up a little bit to kind of get this power of spoken word out there more so uh, you can check us out on uh, spotify on Apple Podcasts, but also on Audir. So do check that out too. Yeah, I really can't get out of my head um, the idea of spoken word rock stars. Do you know what? I just like that the concept is cool. You know, the point of that platform is to have some fun with speaking. Yeah, and I think that's what we have really enjoyed about the Worldly Wellbeing podcast as well. And hopefully, and the feedback that we've had from you so far as listeners is that you enjoy that too. So do keep in touch with us. Do share and like and leave comments and send us messages. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and uh, coming soon, a new episode of the Worldly Wellbeing podcast, which we will announce very shortly. Yes. Have a little look on the Instagram. We will do a little teaser uh, towards the end of the week. Um, so you will find out basically who's going to be the next guest. So thanks again for listening to the World of Wellbeing podcast. And we look forward to bringing you more joy in the not too distant future. Yeah. See you next time. Bye bye. Peace. Ciao.